Yoga is more than just down dog, tree pose, warrior two. It's more than that. There's so many, uh, so much philosophy behind and tied to the yoga practice. The main one, like you said, is ahimsa, which means nonviolence. But a lot of people fail to realize that it doesn't mean I'm not going to hurt you physically or verbally or even further than that, I'm not going to harm myself. It means you're not going to harm any living sentient being. All animals fall under that category including cows, pigs, chicken, sheep, all these animals, they also deserve ahimsa. So by nature, yoga is a vegan practice. Welcome back to another episode of the Plant-Based News Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a remarkable young person, Tabay Atkins, who is known for his work as a vegan chef, philanthropist, plant-based advocate, and America's youngest yoga teacher. Tabay discovered his passion for yoga after witnessing his mum's battle with cancer and the positive effects that yoga practice had on her recovery. He became the youngest certified yoga teacher at age 11 and later went on to complete 500 hours of vinyasa certification at age 14. His incredible journey led him to work on campaigns with brands such as Nike. He is passionate about sharing his practice of yoga, vegan cooking and healthy living and using his platform for social change and giving back to his community. Putting his money where his mouth is in 2022 at only 16 years old, Tabay launched his own business, Tabay's Mindful Kitchen, a vegan food truck in Orange County, California. Acknowledging the roots and what catapulted him on this journey, he donates his earnings from his successful ventures to help cancer patients. Tabay is also a certified vegan nutritionist, a Reiki healer and an activist for the environment. Tabay has recently been presented with Peter's Hero to Animals Awards for his outstanding dedication to teaching and spreading compassion for all sentient beings, and for leading by example, showing other young people how they can make a meaningful positive change in the world. Today, Tabay is one of the most sought-after instructors, working with the likes of the Kardashians, Deepak Chopra, and others. Living by the mantra, think good thoughts, speak kind words, feel love, be love, and give love, He continues to share his inspirational message through his platform and by teaching at events, schools, conferences, and retreats. I'm incredibly delighted to welcome Tabay onto the PBN podcast to dig deeper into what motivates him to be the change he wants to see in the world and where his journey has led him so far. I'm Robbie Lockie, and this is the PBN podcast. As always, if you like this episode, please don't forget to comment, like, and share. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It really helps get the message out there. Let's get to the episode. Thanks so much for joining us on the PBN podcast today. What a pleasure to finally sit down with you, my friend, and hear a bit of your story. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm Tabay Atkins, and I'm America's youngest certified yoga teacher. When I started on my mission, I was just six years old. At the time, my mom was just diagnosed with stage three non-consciousness lymphoma cancer. It wasn't until after she beat cancer that she was first introduced to yoga. She couldn't walk on her own. She couldn't bend or straighten her knees. Afterwards, she was back to her healthy, happy self, but even better. My mom inspires me because she's such a strong and loving person Uh, to me and to everyone. She always made sure to help out any families who couldn't afford yoga classes, free yoga to cancer patients and survivors. So selfless, so generous, really inspired me to do the same. So my mom and I started traveling the country, taking yoga teacher trainings. I started teaching my own classes when I was 10 years old. I'm now 500 hour vinyasa certified and have almost 1000 hours of teacher training experience. One piece of advice that I would give for other people who are trying to share their mission and use their voice is to just not stop sharing what you believe in. Even if people tell you that you shouldn't talk about it or if it's not really a popular belief, just keep on using your voice. So before we get started and learn about all the amazing things that you're doing with your life in recent years, let's go back in time and tell me your vegan or plant-based story. How did you discover this lifestyle? Where did that all begin for you? I started my plant-based journey about, let's see, when I was about six years old. I wasn't vegan then. I was actually, um, it would take years after that for me to learn about veganism and the plant-based diet. But this moment is what started the whole journey. At that time, my mom was just diagnosed with stage three non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. And this was after being misdiagnosed for eight months. So she had to do really intensive chemotherapy and cancer treatment. She was broken down both physically and emotionally. Uh, She couldn't even walk on her own. It really um, took a toll on her health, uh, having cancer and all the treatment she had to go through. On top of that, if cancer wasn't bad enough, she got staph, she got a blood clot, 
The first hospital she's at put the port in the wrong place, so she's getting chemo in her liver. So it was all around a bad situation. She beat cancer, but she was still very weak and broken down, had all the side effects. She got into yoga for the first time, just being two weeks cancer-free, not knowing anything about yoga, what yoga was. It was almost an accident, actually, her joining, because she didn't start taking yoga classes. She actually went into a 200-hour vinyasa yoga teacher training. She barely knew how to spell yoga. And just two weeks fresh from chemotherapy, walking into a 200-hour teacher training, it happened because there was this lady that uh, my mom didn't know this lady. This lady didn't know my mom. They had a mutual friend. This lady was, um, her mom passed away from cancer and her sister was going through it at the time, who later passed away. Um, So she knew what my mom was going through and just wanted to be there for support for her and was always sending her kind messages. But my mom was in such a dark place. She didn't want another person saying, you'll be okay, because it's not a cold, it's cancer. So my mom was just ignoring her messages while she was going through cancer treatment. But once she beat cancer, she was thinking, you know, this lady was so nice to be reaching out so consistently. Um, Let me go meet her for tea or juice and just say thank you. So the day and time that my mom happened to pick to meet her was the exact time that she was about to start teaching a 200-hour teacher training. So um, she convinced my mom to stay during the training. This uh, training was about two and a half months. I was there the whole time watching, just being there. My mom didn't have anyone to watch me, and I was there to help her in case she needed help walking or needed help with props. So I was there while she was doing the teacher training, but uh, I was paying attention too. And I noticed that after about two and a half months of her practicing yoga in this training, she could walk on her own again, and she was healthier and happier than even before she had cancer. At this time, I was seven years old. After seeing yoga, which we didn't know anything about until then, this was our first experience, that inspired me to become a yoga teacher and help other people heal and stay healthy the way I saw yoga help heal her. We started traveling the country, taking different trainings. My mom was specializing in kids yoga. She wanted to bring yoga to kids because we all know how good yoga is for adults, um, but there wasn't that much emphasis on kids practicing yoga. It's so great to start the practice at a young age because it gives you the tools to take through your life. I was taking the trainings with her. I got my first certificate when I was seven years old, but I wasn't teaching my own classes then because you need to be 200 hours certified to teach. So I was really looking forward to taking that 200 hour certificate, but uh, get 200 hour training. But until then, uh, I was my mom's teacher's assistant. So I was co-teaching classes with her. We were doing the after school programs. We were doing the um, PE, had our own yoga, summer camp. When I was 10 years old, this was uh, right after fifth grade, so summer break, the last year of elementary school, we had a big Europe trip planned, and we loved traveling. Uh, we travel everywhere. But these were places that I've never been before, and I was really looking forward to the trip. Just about a week or two before our trip was planned, my mom found out that there was going to be a 200-hour vinyasa yoga teacher training in Los Angeles, which is very close to where we live, next county up. She knew how much I wanted to take the training, but she knew that if I did the training, we wouldn't be able to do this trip. If we did the trip, we wouldn't be able to take the training. So she gave me the choice. She said, if you want, we can not travel this time. We cannot do this trip that we plan." And you can take this training or we could just do the training some other time and we can go on this trip. She thought I was going to say, oh, we can do the training later. Let's go to Europe. But without hesitation, I chose the training because I knew how much I wanted to start teaching and help share this practice with as many people as I can. Now, I remember the training that my mom took was also 200 hours, but it was broken up into two and a half months. This 200 hour training that I was about to take was broken down into, what was it, 16 days. So it was very intense. After getting my certificate, after doing the training, I started teaching my own classes. You know, yoga is such a big part of my life. I always say if yoga is a part of your life, if yoga is a big part of your life, you're going to hear about veganism, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Love that. It's just whether you decide to go vegan, that's up to you. But you're going to hear about it. There's no avoiding that. So I was hearing about it, I was learning about it, didn't know much, wasn't educated. And the problem was I was told, you need to go vegan, you need to go vegan. I didn't hear, you need to go vegan because, as much as that would have been helpful for me. 
but it was in my head. I keep on hearing veganism. So I decided, you know, this seems like the right thing to do. Let's go vegan. And my mom said, okay, let's do it. Um, but I didn't say let's go vegan as in let's go vegan right now. No more meat, no more dairy, no more eggs. I meant let's go vegan sometime later. That's my decision. We're going vegan. Not now, but we're going vegan. <laughs> no problem. So anyways, a few months of about to go vegan passed. Then the last straw for me was um, I was having this uh, chicken pasta and cheese platter, something like that. And then after I ate, it, I felt like there was a rock in my stomach. I felt so sick. And I said, okay, I'm done with it. I'm done with this. I'm going vegan now. Before being vegan, I was having, I noticed I was having lots of uh, stomach problems after eating, but after going vegan, completely disappeared. Uh, I was 12 when I went vegan. Uh, it was 2017. Actually, uh, my vegan birthday is August 31st. <laughs> that was when I started on the plant-based journey. He's not your typical 12-year-old boy. He received the first of his four yoga certifications just a week before his 11th birthday. Now he is the youngest certified yoga teacher in the United States. I love it. Let me say but, hi to our guests. Hello. Hi. How are you? Namaste. So nice to meet are you guys you. ready to uh, do some yoga? Hello. Nice to see you. Hi. Nice to meet you. And so you get to sit I'm on so the I'm so nervous. Mat. I can't. Just, but, just watching the way these ladies are sitting makes me nervous. Don't mess up my hair, okay? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I won't. <laughs> okay. Got it. Okay. This is fantastic. You have your own mat. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Okay. What do we do? So the first pose is uh, eagle pose. Okay. So start in chair pose. Okay. With uh, your <laughs> knees and your feet together. Okay. Now wrap your left leg around your right. And if you can't do it all the way, then you can use your foot as a kickstand. Have you lost your 12-year-old mind? <laughs> and now, but you can use your foot as a kickstand. Your um, left arm around your right, bringing your palms together. <laughs> and you, you can use your foot as a kickstand like this. What do you mean, use my foot as a kickstand? <laughs> and um, this pose uh, releases toxins and aids it's in digestion. It's releasing a lot of things. <laughs> and the next pose, I'm sure you'll enjoy a lot. Okay. It's called Bird of Paradise. Okay, terrific. So you sort of get two poses in one. Okay. So start in Warrior Two. Okay. Like that. And yeah, and gaze towards your front middle finger. Okay. <laughs> and um, now re uh, lean forward and bring your uh, your hand to the big toe side of your foot. Okay. And this part, you have to bring your arm underneath your leg and and reach your hands together. <laughs> What do you mean I don't have to go all the way? Can we, can we get back to that middle finger part again? Yeah, for those that don't know the term ahimsa, do you want to talk a little bit about the, the relationship between yoga, ahimsa, and veganism? How these three things interlink? Because yoga is not just simply moving your body in specific ways. It's much deeper than just movement. It goes beyond that. So I'd love to hear what you knowing what your experience is of ahimsa yoga and veganism those interconnecting ideas yeah that's very true you know i don't think there's as much focus on what's beyond the physical practice of yoga as much as there should be yoga is more than just down dog tree pose warrior two it's more than that there's so many um, so much philosophy behind and tied to the yoga practice the main one like you said is ahimsa which means nonviolence, but a lot of people fail to realize that it doesn't mean I'm not going to hurt you physically or verbally or any way, shape, or form. Or even further than that, I'm not going to harm myself. It means you're not going to harm any living sentient being. All animals fall under that category, including cows, pigs, chicken, sheep, all these animals. They also deserve ahimsa. So by nature, yoga is a vegan practice. Ahimsa is such a big part of yoga. Like I said, if you're into yoga, if yoga is a part of your life, you're going to hear about veganism. Whether you decide to, that's up to you. But veganism is definitely there, rooted in this tradition. You know, if yoga is a part of your life, by being vegan, you're really just enhancing the practice of yoga in so many ways. 
ahimsa, for example, means nonviolence. So veganism definitely ties to that. Having the plant-based diet, you're not harming yourself with the foods you're eating. You're definitely not harming the animals because you're not eating them. And um, the planet is unharmed by all the carbon emissions and deforestation and all the, the horrible stuff that comes from animal agriculture. It's a deeply respectful practice, isn't it? I'm a Buddhist myself and, you know, Buddhism is, for me, a practice of compassion, not just to the outside world, but to ourselves. But we are deeply connected with the world and the, the earth. And when we disrespect the planet, we are disrespecting ourselves because there is no disconnection between human beings, the environment, uh, and all living beings. For me, and from you know the work that I've done on this podcast, but also with plant-based news, is that it's a journey for many people. We are unable to sort of force people to make change, but it has to happen from within. And I think the most powerful thing about yoga is 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 building a, and you can correct me on this, but it building a deeper, more profound relationship with yourself, and then you know that in turn creates a chain of events which helps you connect more deeply with the environment, other people, and and you know hopefully animals as well. However. There are a lot of yogis and a lot of people who practice yoga, and I would say spiritually, but they still eat animals. Do you want to talk a little bit about like what we call the cognitive dissonance between believing that you know someone is a someone might say I'm a spiritual person, I practice yoga, but then I still eat animals? What do you think is sort of going on there when it comes to that type of thing? Because obviously, vegans can get very judgmental, very evangelical, and quite aggressive. Rightfully so, because of how animals are treated. But, you know, there are human beings who, who hold these opposing ideas. I love animals, but I eat animals. I, I'm practicing at Himsa, but I'm still eating animals. I, I, you know, what, what's going on in people's minds, do you think, when, when, when that's happening? You know, I think it's just a certain level of conditioning, to be honest. In general, people don't really want to be cruel. It's not, that, that's not really like, ooh, I'm going to eat animals because I want to, I want to watch them suffer. No, it's just conditioning. We've been brought up to know this is normal. We eat animals. Animals are food. Certain animals. Certain animals we love. Certain animals are food. That's where the idea comes. Oh, I love this animal. I love my pet. I love these beautiful creatures, but I'm going to choose these this group right here as my dinner. And I do believe, yes, I have seen there uh, can be um, a bit of judgment from the vegan community in my opinion, that doesn't really help the situation. In most parts, that I see that pushing people further away from the plant-based diet. Yoga is a great way to learn and unlearn. The practice of yoga, like I said, is way beyond the physical movements. And I believe if you are deeply in your practice, um, it'll come to you. You know, it's all in your own time. Of course, we would all like for a lot of people to go vegan a bit quicker than that. But, you know, it's all a journey. Us vegans do our part in helping people and uh, just give them the knowledge that they may not know already, um, help inspire people to make the switch to a plant-based diet. But in yoga, it starts with the physical movements. That's the very beginning, the first step in this yoga practice, the physical movements. We're moving in a an even consistent tempo. By moving in that even consistent tempo, you know, you reach up, you reach down, you you do the poses, and you, in a perfect world, you do it even at an even pace. Now, the even pace of movements is not there because that's that's yoga. That's the final part. You mastered yoga. Congratulations. No, that's there because it's just setting a tone for the breath. Breath is such an important part of the physical practice. And that's why the poses are there, because it's a lot easier to move the body consistently than to have the breath move consistently. So when we're moving, that just sets a pace of breath. Inhale up, exhale down, inhale halfway lift. It kind of just sets the pace for the breath. It's a method for having a consistent breath. Now, having a consistent breath, it's great, but it's not really going to make that major of a difference in your life. Uh, the breath is definitely important, but having this even consistent breath, there's more to it than that. It's there because um, having an even and consistent breath tends to help calm the movements of the mind. 
it's a lot easier to steady the breath than to steady the mind. And it's a lot easier to steady the body and how the body moving consistently than the breath. So the body helps the breath, the breath helps the mind. And having a um, steady mind and focus helps us be more aware and present in the present moment. So this is all here to help us. Um, it's all you know a staircase of different steps that you need to take um, in your yoga journey. And it all leads up to having this steady mind of focus, even consistent breath. It's all there to help us be present and uh, objective and aware in and of the present moment. Now, this is important, especially when we tie in veganism, because having this sense of objective awareness, you acknowledge your own bias. You understand that there are different opinions, different beliefs, different ways of thinking. And you just take everything in without having a closed mind on this is the only way, because really there is no only way. There's as many different paths as there are people. There's as many different ways of reaching this goal as there are people. And everyone has their own journey and their own process. So when we have this sense of objective awareness, we take all things in. That's when we understand maybe eating animals isn't the right thing to do and make these conscious decisions from a place of understanding, non-judgment, and awareness of every aspect of the question. Yeah, it's a beautiful practice that I, uh, I keep wanting to start myself, always finding excuses not to begin, but uh, hopefully by the end of this conversation, um, and I'm already feeling inspired uh, to, to start my practice. I did it for a few years, um, a, you know, part-time, you know, an occasional practice, and I've always uh, enjoyed the feeling after, uh, you know, a practice lying there in Savasana on the floor. You know, my favorite practice, exactly. my favorite story yeah, pose. Exactly. <laughs> like that. My favorite part of the class. Um, I'm here for the Savasana. Savasana, yeah, sorry. And it's just kind of it, the stillness of it is is an amazing opportunity for, for change because, as you said, you know, there's so much that goes on in our minds. You know, our minds are always trying to clutch on to so many different things. And I love the way you talk about Yeah, still calming the body, calming the breath, calming the mind, you know, as we flow from the pace of the universe, because obviously everything is this ebb and flow of, of, of life, you know, our heartbeats ebbing and flowing, the water ebbs and flows, the moon comes and goes, you know, the cosmos is spinning, and we're all part of this big machine, really, that's all just a creation and destruction, birth and death, you know, and it's getting in the rhythm of that. And I definitely found, especially when I first started my Buddhist practice, and I was doing yoga as well, and practicing veganism, I felt incredible. I felt like I was in complete alignment with everything. And I know, you know, some people say, oh, it's very woo-woo to say in alignment. But when you feel like you're in alignment, you know, you you, you know that you're in alignment. If, and what I mean by that is challenges come to you, difficult people come, come at you, and there is a sense of feeling a sense of resilience, I think, that comes with being in that state. Because obviously, you know, we, we live in a world that's very reactionary. We live, we know a lot of people use social media and the comment sections and the way content is delivered to us. It creates a culture of reaction. And on that point, obviously, I'd love to learn a bit more about um, the mantra that you live your life by. Think good thoughts, speak kind words, feel love, be love, give love. I think that's beautiful. Tell me a bit about, about that mantra. So yeah, think good thoughts, speak kind words, feel love, be love, and give love. I end all my classes with that. And this is something that I bring to people's life, this mantra. At first, you know, maybe the first you practice, people are listening to it, it's words, sounds. But then eventually, you know, you understand it. You really feel feel the meaning behind it. You know, there's there's definitely much room for positivity in this world. And all starts with our thoughts, really. You have to be thinking good thoughts, beginning of the mantra. And yoga is a great place to calm the mind and have conscious thoughts. Our words come from our thoughts. Think good thoughts, speak kind words. That also ties into ahimsa. Living this compassionate life by having a strong and healthy mind and speaking kind words, being uh, kind and considerate, understanding all, all that there is to know. Um, without just sticking to just one side of things. Nothing is just one thing, really. And just feel love, be love, and give love. Love is one thing that uh, we need a lot more of in this world. 
love is not something where, you know, here, I'm showing you love. Now, my love reserves are low. No, love is something, it's like a candle. You don't light a candle with another candle. The first candle's out. It spreads like wildfire. And by having these good thoughts, good words, and um, showing love and compassion to all beings, the world would be a better place. It really would. I was discussing this on my social media, my personal social media this week, how I've become a little frustrated with the society I find myself in, which has become very short-tempered and uh, impatient when it comes to other people, friends, family, strangers. Or I, when I go to a coffee shop or I go into a, into a restaurant, I always make a point of saying, hello, how are you? And the number of people that are surprised and shocked when I actually ask them how they are. And I genuinely mean it. I'm not just saying it for effect. I want to know how the person is because I know that showing an interest in a person when you first talk to them, it builds rapport, it builds a connection with that person. And yes, I may never see them again, but you know what a beautiful gift to be able to give a person your attention rather than saying, I want a coffee. You know, I had had a lot of people reach out to me. I was quite shocked how many people reach out to me this week to say, I really feel that. I really understand how, because in a way, it's an act of love when you ask a person, how are you? And you merely mean it. And it's not just for effect. You genuinely mean it from your heart. You know, it really lights a part of that person up. Words have power, um, have meaning. And, you know, we can create change in other people when we inspire them and when we encourage them. And one of my favorite anecdotes from one of my Buddhist mentors is when we give others encouragement, the word courage is inside the word encouragement. And we actually are giving a piece of courage, a piece of our courage, which like love is infinite. Courage, love, wisdom, these things we have infinite quantities of as human beings. You know, and it's such a beautiful thing, but it's a practice. We live in this world and I I love the stuff that you said is because it's so easy to slip into those lower realms, those lower worlds, I suppose, we, as we say in Buddhism, of anger, resentment, bitterness, because you know the world can be and be seen as a very bitter and angry place. But to practice love and to feel love and to give love is a, is a daily practice. And it's, a, you know, it's almost like an engine. The more you feed it, the more power you give it and the more you can, you know, you can support others. As you said, we definitely need more love in this world because humankind is... Um, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we can be a bit loveless sometimes. At the beginning of my career, I was actually donating 100% of the money I made to people with cancer. It really touched a lot of people, really inspired a lot of people. Being on Good Morning America was pretty exciting. I was a bit nervous at first. I used my yoga breathing techniques and everything to recenter. I just couldn't keep up and there were thousands of people and emails that opened up a lot of opportunities to reach people and give them hope and, and inspire them. We're really lucky. Nike has been following my journey and my story for a while, and then they reached out to me. Becoming a Nike athlete, partnering with Nike has been really amazing, really exciting, and really fun. Lots of great things that we've done and lots of exciting things to come. I've also learned Reiki, plant-based nutrition, and now I'm opening up a vegan food truck. All of these things may seem like separate things, but really they all go together to form a very broad wellness brand. Moving on from love, you've done some incredible things and worked with so many amazing people. Um, when I first read your story, I was blown away. You know, I thought this, you know, this young person has just got so much passion for what they do and it really inspired me so much. And you know, you've worked with brands like Nike, you know, uh, as one of the athletes, that must have been amazing. You know, they're one of the biggest fitness brands in the world. Tell us a little bit about like, what was that? What was that like? Oh, it's amazing. Um, Nike is such a great company. Uh, working with them has been such an amazing experience and has given me a larger platform to share what I believe in and help people, help inspire people to live a healthier, happier, more compassionate life through the Nike audience, teaching um, through yoga and philosophy and veganism, uh, really helping people get the most out of their practice. Hi everyone, my name is Tabay Atkins. Welcome to Shake Ups. I'm going to be showing you the three warrior poses and how to do them. First is warrior one. You're going to start with your right foot forward, your left foot back, pointing at a 45 degree angle, reaching your arms up. This is warrior one pose. For warrior two, you're going to bring your right foot forward, 
Toes pointing at a 90 degree angle this time and arms out to the side. Your arms may feel really tired while you're holding the pose, but that's how you know the benefits are just starting to kick in. Okay, warrior three. Reach your arms over your head. Slowly start to lean forward, bringing your left foot back as much as you can. And you want to try to get the whole back side of your body in one line. Now that I've taught you the three warrior poses, we're going to connect them together in a flow. It's so universally respected, and I think being able to have an opportunity like that must must be really, well, I mean, at such a young age, to be able to to do that is, is, is remarkable. And, you know, on that topic of, like, youth and the younger generation, do you feel like younger, younger people are not given the credit that they deserve? Because there, there can be a narrative of, you know, especially in the US, there's a lot of negativity surrounding younger people. There's politicians and governments can lack, I guess, the support. Young people can lack the support. But like, talk me through what it feels like to be a young person who's achieving, you know, some incredible things. And what do you, what kind of messages have you got for young people who are perhaps struggling to be seen or feeling like they, they're, they're not sure what kind of path or sense of purpose uh, that, they, that they want as a person? Um, yeah, you know, I've seen in my lifetime just so much youth out there making positive change, uh, myself included. You know, we're all doing this, and it's not just because all of a sudden kids want to start making a difference for no reason. No, there's a big reason behind it, you know. But why, why are all these young people standing up? and trying to create this much-needed change uh, opposed to adults. Now, of course, there are adults who are doing it, but we're seeing so many, uh, so much youth making this uh, impact in the world, whether it's through, uh, about climate change or deforestation or veganism, whatever it may be, we're seeing so many kids and teenagers and young people inspiring this change. And I believe it's just because the longer you've been walking this planet, the more conditioned you are to what is now called normal. And normal is a dangerous thing. We have uh, been conditioned to believe it's okay to see one living creature as friend and another one as food and to call so many things food that should not be called food. The youth of today obviously have been around a lot less. So we are less conditioned. And when we see our strange human ways in play, we say, what? That doesn't make sense. And everyone's just walking around acting as it's normal, um, which it's become normal, but this isn't, this isn't an acceptable normal for us. We will not accept it. <laughs> so we have to use our voice to inspire people to open up their minds and understand a different point of view because really there's so much that over the years has been accepted as normal which is leading to climate change and extreme weather deforestation animals suffering for no reason it's we feel it's our job to inspire people to make the change because it's not like you have to change your entire life you have you just have to switch a few things around you're not going to make any drastic changes like for a vegan diet example flavor wise or convenience wise it's all the same you're just not using dead animals or animal products and really the problem is individually we can make the change but if one person makes a change this is you know the this is the the disappointment i guess is the best word one person can only do so much even though it's a huge impact there's 8 billion more people on the planet who might not be doing the same thing, and we believe our efforts have no effect. That's not true. Our, our efforts have a big effect, even if it's just one animal that you're not killing and eating. That's, that's big. One life is you know, the, the biggest thing you can do. But what we feel is needed is a global consciousness shift because... There are a few things that uh, humanity as a whole may not be um, doing at its best, I guess is a good way to say it. Um, a few 
habits that may need to be changed and uh, beliefs that should be shifted in um, a way that will be better for all living beings, ourselves and our fellow humans included, and the planet as a whole, because me and my fellow younger generation, we're going to be around here for quite a while, hopefully. And we see uh, what happens if we continue this path for us and our future generations. And it's not really a wonderful place we want to live in continued at this path. So there's a sense of urgency here to make these needed changes to ensure a safe and healthy future for ourselves and the future generations. Absolutely. I think the key word there, going back to what we said before, is is hope. Um, I think young people are filled with a lot more hope uh, than older folk. Um, I think that, as you said, the longer we walk on this planet, the, the more conditioned we become. And I think also the more hopeless people become. My philosophy is as long as there are good people in the world still, as long as there are people such as yourself who are out there every single day inspiring people to live a kind of more compassionate life, there's hope for humanity. <laughs> and that's how I, that's, and that's what I believe. But one of the, one of the ways in which we can inspire change in others is nutrition. I'd love to understand your relationship with nutrition because going vegan doesn't necessarily mean that we will uh, practice good nutrition. People can live on Oreos and French fries and, you know, Diet Coke, and that's all vegan, <laughs> but it's not very good for your body. Tell me a bit about like how your yoga practice and how your interest in nutrition, how those all come together and, and what kind of things are you involved in when it comes to that side of things? So, yes, you said it perfectly, really. Being vegan doesn't necessarily mean being healthy. And that's where a lot of people get it wrong. Like you said, I always say when people say, oh, wow, I'm, uh, when people think that they're going vegan uh, to be healthier, vegan is, uh, like a, is going to greatly improve their health. It is. It's a lot healthier than the alternative. But remember, Oreos are vegan. French fries are vegan. There's lots of vegan food that is not the healthiest for you. So really, it's like I said, just like yoga, it's all a journey, step by step. It's all a process that you don't need to go from the beginning and finally reach the end in one, one night. Um, it's not, I, I, don't, I wouldn't expect that of you. I would expect you to, coming from that place of objective awareness, just understanding what part of the journey you're at and as long as you are making these conscious decisions to move forward and um, make the changes necessary, no matter how slowly you make these changes, it's all, it's all good as long as you're actually making the changes. Like uh, I believe Abraham Lincoln said, I walk slowly, but I never walk backwards. So you can walk as slowly as you need to. Just um, try not to stay in the same place too long or go backwards understand everything's a journey your journey your vegan journey may start with oreos and french fries that's perfectly fine there's there's lots of great delicious vegan products out there that may not be the healthiest but it's a lot better than eating animal products and of course the next step of the journey would be for your health i believe going uh, vegan for your health would be a whole food plant-based diet which is uh, really great a uh, whole food plant-based diet is the vegan diet. So, of course, you're not having any animal products, but you're also uh, avoiding processed and refined sugars and oils. Now, I always say, I never say you're avoiding oils and sugars because you're not. You're avoiding processed oils and sugars. And I want to explain this a little bit because I've seen a lot of confusion around the whole food plant-based diet. Whole food plant-based is where you are not having any oils, for example, coconut oil, olive oil, avocado oil, uh, canola oil, all these liquid oils, those are taken out of your diet, as well as processed and granulated sugars. You know, the thing is, oil and sugar, those are necessary parts of the diet, but you want to get them from their natural whole state. Olive oil comes from an olive, but you look at it, it's a liquid. It's nothing but, but fat. What it took for the olive itself in its whole form to get to a liquid and to get to such to get you know that bottle of olive oil or whatever oil it is you're using 
it was such a, a massive process of refining and processing, it loses all of its uh, nutrients and actually becomes unhealthy. So having these fats in their whole food form, having high fat whole foods like nuts and seeds and uh, avocado, coconut, olives, these are all great high fat whole foods as long as you're getting them in their whole food state. In nature, you don't say, hmm, I need to get, I need to have uh, my daily dose of fat, for example, staying on this topic. So let me go get this olive and get all the fat out of it and just consume that. No, in nature, everything's complete. Everything's already made for you. Everything's uh, the way it should be, naturally. You don't need to take things apart to get what you need. That's where the health problems arise. Having everything in its whole form, it's complete. It has all the nutrients you need the way nature intended it. Nature didn't intend you to go extract different things from different foods so you can have your complete nutrition. That's unhealthy. So our oils and fats come naturally in the whole food plant-based diet from these high-fat whole foods. Sugars, which is also necessary, come from naturally sweet whole foods like fruits, berries. Dates are a great uh, whole food plant-based sweetener. There's oftentimes a fear when people consider or think about switching to a plant-based diet, there's a fear of missing out on the flavors that you love. And of course, that a while back, that could have been true. But today, that's not a valid excuse. There's, there's almost as many alternatives in the grocery store as there are the original animal-based product. And the flavor has definitely improved in recent years. And you can't even tell the difference now. So that a lot of us now know, some of us still don't, still don't understand that, but a lot of us now realize, okay, I still have the flavors I love when I'm going vegan. But moving to whole food plant-based diet, that's where this uncertainty re-arises because, wow, I'm going vegan. Sure, I know vegan food is great, but now I'm taking out oil and sugar. Am I really now going to be missing out on all these flavors? I've been whole food plant-based for three full years, and I've had all the food that I loved and didn't miss out on anything once. Cooking and baking without the use of oil, sugars, or animal products, I've been able to make my favorite desserts that taste amazing. And it's just incredible to think this is, not only is this, this cookie or this cake, for example, not only is it not unhealthy, it's actually healthy. There's nothing bad in it. So it's just such an amazing, clean way of eating, taking it to the next step. Of course, there is a bit of preparation involved and um, education involved in making this change. And I try to do my part to make it as easy as possible by sharing recipes and cooking videos, teaching people how to make their own food so it's easier for them. At this, this point in time, it's hard to find whole food plant-based options outside of your house. And it's even hard to find whole food plant-based alternatives at the grocery store. You have to make it yourself. Um, hopefully that'll change in the future. But at this moment, you know, it's definitely a little bit more effort. But really, it's it's worthwhile. Your health is the best investment ever. You're going to feel so much better on this diet by having these whole foods. Absolutely. Speaking of food outside of the home, tell me about your vegan food truck. My vegan food truck, Today's Mindful Kitchen, has been such an amazing adventure. And I can't believe it's it's almost been a year now. Actually, this July, we'll be celebrating our one-year anniversary. We'll be having a big party at our gas station in Dana Point, our normal location, and um, a big party to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Today's Mindful Kitchen. What day will that be? July 1st. Okay. I'll be in LA end of July, so I won't, I won't be around to, to enjoy the party, but uh, I'm looking forward to some pictures and videos. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll definitely send you the, the, the footage. Here it is. It's called Today's Mindful Kitchen. These are some of the things we're going to be selling on the food truck. All delicious, all vegan. Let me give you guys a tour. This is where the magic happens. We had it custom built for us. Everything inside, every design is what we wanted, where we wanted it placed. There's still a few more finishing pieces that need to be put in this truck. This is a breakfast egg sausage sandwich. It's uh, our version of the sausage McMuffin. You can see there's a 76 logo here on the hood. The reason is because 
My grandpa just retired from the gas station business and gave us one of his gas stations. We're going to be parking this truck most of the time at the gas station, so we want everything to match. We love to cook, we love to share it with everyone, and this way we can do that. The food truck is basically the menu. This is the burger that I'm going to be making for you guys today. But you know, it's been great having this food truck because it's really helped me so much. I wouldn't say accomplished because that implies that I'm finished. Help me enhance the work I do in achieving my mission of inspiring people to go vegan. What I mean by that is in the past, the work I've done to help people uh, switch to the plant-based diet is doing uh, recipe content, videos, cooking classes, things like that, cooking classes and cooking content to show people how to make their own food so it's easier to go vegan and be healthy. With the food truck, it's even better because I get to be making people food all day long and showcasing what it truly means to be vegan. A lot of people still have a, a closed mind around the plant-based diet and think that you're just having rabbit food. They think you're just having a, a pile of greens. And maybe if you want to be fancy today, you'll throw in a, a carrot on top. But really, <laughs> <laughs> veganism has come a long way. It's definitely far from that. But it's a bit of a, a closed-mindedness surrounding the diet. So what I do to uh, counter that is I don't tell people it's vegan food. I don't tell them it's not vegan. I don't lie to them. But if you look at my food truck, it doesn't say vegan, 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 vegan. It doesn't look like a vegan food truck. It doesn't look like vegan food. It just looks like really good food, which it is. The, the food I make them, like let's say someone orders a burger or a chicken sandwich, they're, they're eating the, the food and they're telling me how much they love it. They say, oh, this is the best burger I've ever had, or this chicken sandwich is delicious. And I have a general rule where I wait for them to compliment the food five times before I tell them it's vegan. And <laughs> once I, I tell that. them it's vegan, yeah, once I tell them it's vegan, their mind is blown. You can you can see in their expression perspective change. It, it's priceless. It's the best the, way to change isn't it? food, in my opinion. Wow, I can be vegan and still have a burger, or still have the, all, all the foods I love. That's the theme of the food truck: comfort food classics, fast food favorites, the foods that you already know and love, but turn vegan. People, their mind is blown by how, how much they enjoy the food. People don't think that they can enjoy vegan food, but we definitely changed that at the food truck. Um, we actually inspired a, a group of uh, the deputy sheriffs of the sheriff's department to do a 30-day vegan challenge. That's amazing. It's amazing to see. And it's a great, it's just another platform. And it's so, it's so much fun to be able to have something in the real world. Obviously, it's great being on social media and, and sharing veganism via digital channels. But there's nothing more rewarding than talking to people about food, about nutrition, about, you know, the, the environment in person. I've done a few events uh, around food, you know, at the kind of also similar sort of food trucks and things. And it's, it's so rewarding. It's especially that moment where you talked about how a person who's not vegan is enjoying uh, a piece of food that they they assume has animal products in it. And then you see their face and you see the way they light up and they go, I can't believe this. And there's this sort of shock and horror because as you know, as we discussed earlier, people are so conditioned that eating animals is normal, natural and necessary, that it is uh, such an important part of our lives. And if we don't eat animals, we'll die or we'll get sick or we'll get ill, which, as we both know, is completely untrue. And it's, it's so wonderful to hear you having these great interactions and connections with people. But I'd love to hear a little bit more about the food truck, but I'd love to learn a bit more about your relationship with food. Like, have you always loved cooking? You know, what are some of your favorite dishes? You know, how did you, because obviously yoga is, is a, an incredible thing to be to to master and to be to be so good at at such a young age. But then food and and cooking and and preparing food is also another incredible art form. Um, where did where did your relationship with food begin, and how did you how did you get involved in in cooking and and making food? I've always loved cooking and food since I was little. So um, you know, a bit of the background. My mom has been um, cooking all her life since she was a kid. She was always following her mom and her grandma around in the kitchen, you know, learning traditional Persian recipes, uh, learning how to cook. And uh, about 23 years ago, went to Le Cordon Bleu Culinary School. So she definitely has a very strong culinary background and has taught me how to cook ever since I was little. I've been, I've been in the kitchen with her since I was very little, learning how to cook. The culinary 
skill, the talent was already there when I went vegan. It was only a matter of replacing the animal-based products I used to use in recipes with plant-based versions. And the great thing is, you know, it would be great to be vegan forever since I was born. I've only been vegan for, I don't know, almost six years. By living a a non-vegan life before then, I know all the flavors of foods people love, which gives me um, an advantage of being able to recreate them to taste the same. I know what chicken tastes like. I know what a burger tastes like. I know what all these things taste like. So I can recreate it skillfully to taste just like the real thing, which is what people need to know to inspire them to switch to the plant-based diet, know that they can still enjoy their foods. So um, knowing how to cook, her teaching me everything I know, also doing, um, I have uh, two plant-based culinary certificates as well. Culinary school, you know, just focus on plant-based cuisine, which is great. But being able to recreate these foods is really the main thing uh, that's helped me inspire others to go vegan and what's made the food on the food truck so popular. I can't wait to uh, to try it one day. But what's um, what's in the future for today's Mindful Kitchen? Like, wh- What kind of things have you got planned? Have you got anything exciting you want to share about what's coming up? Yes. So the food truck has been really great uh, in the past year. We've really gotten to know so many people, really built a community and um, have started getting a lot more bookings for caterings and events and schools and sports and all sorts of things, which has been great. That's what we were looking for. Really bringing today's mindful kitchen out there into the world so people can understand what it what vegan food really is. Uh, of course, in the future, we have our big one year coming up. So that's exciting. We are now, actually, a uh, new thing we just started, we have started making our own house-made burger patties, which we are um, now offering on the food truck. We, we had at the beginning, just for a short period of time, but brought it back uh, by popular demand, actually, which has been really great to hear the feedback of people who really enjoy our scratch-made foods. In the future, you know, we're planning on having everything in the truck be scratch-made ourselves in the truck, the burgers, the chickens, everything. I love making my own vegan alternatives. So we've been working on this uh, vegan burger patty, a house-made, actually whole food plant-based burger patty as well. And now having it back on the menu is great. Uh, Being able to showcase uh, our own culinary uh, creations, I guess, with uh, our own vegan burgers and everything else to follow. You know, all of our sauces are house-made and we really put a lot of uh, care and attention into the food we put together and all the recipes that we make. Uh, My big plan is to hopefully expand the food truck to have today's Mindful Kitchen all over the place and make good vegan food accessible to all. Love it. Can't wait to see that happen. So you've worked with some incredible people and you've advised a lot of different interesting people. There's obviously the celebrity culture that, that exists in the world today can have a quite a negative kind of reputation. But at the same time, the power of celebrity cannot be understated because human beings, we connect with people that we have, um, that f- feel relatable to us. You've had an amazing time connecting with some of the most remarkable people. Uh, who, are, who are some of your favorites and what are some of your most favorite experiences connecting into the celebrity world? I had so many great experiences um, meeting these people um, who have very large platforms and have been kind enough to share the platform with me through yoga and veganism. Both have been great. There was one, uh, one time that was really an amazing experience teaching uh, a yoga class for one of Deepak Chopra's seminars. So I was a, a, a special guest teacher for, the, uh, for over 450 of his guests, which was really a great experience, being able to work with him and um, guide his uh, guests in uh, yoga practice. And I really appreciate it as well when um, I am given a, a bigger platform by these celebrities to share what I believe in with yoga and ahimsa, compassion, veganism. Because really, 
my whole goal is to inspire people to make this change, to live a more compassionate and healthy life for themselves and everyone involved. And really just being able to reach so many different audiences and inspire people um, with my story and with uh, my experience um, and with the food uh, is just such an amazing thing to do to help people live their best life. And on on that on that topic, how what kind of advice have you got for people who who may feel a little overwhelmed with life at the moment? You know, we've just uh, the whole world's just come out of a global pandemic. It was very traumatic for for many people in many ways for a variety of reasons, and it's left a lot of people feeling very isolated um, and disconnected from their friends and family, their communities. What are some of the ways in which you think that people can start a journey of personal change. You obviously mentioned Deepak Chopra. For those that don't know, he's the OG of self-help, personal transformation. Uh, He's written so many books uh, and has been a real inspiring catalyst to a lot of people to to make changes in their lives, often starting with their thoughts. But what's your sort of like first steps if a person really wants to change their life and, and, and just feeling a bit stuck? I would say the hardest part, I don't like using the word hard, the most challenging part, the most difficult part of making a positive change or any change really isn't like the actions or process of creating that change. It's starting. That's the main uh, challenge is actually making the, the start. And the best way to make sure you, once you make a decision to stick with it, Tony Robbins always says, never leave the site of a decision without taking massive action uh, or really any action, you know, for people wanting to go vegan, for example, you don't have to switch from eating meat and dairy and eggs to going whole food plant based overnight. Maybe start by taking out a certain animal product or having one meal a day be 100% plant based or maybe one day a week, 100% plant based. Experiment with your uh, local vegan restaurant. There's so many of them now. And grocery stores have so many vegan options for things that you can make at home. Whatever change you need to make in order to have lasting change for your health and the planet, um, do it. You know, there's no one way. There's as many there's as many paths to health and happiness as there are people. So find the way that best works for you, so you can make this change and stick with it, and at the same time, you know, benefit yourself, benefit the planet, the animals, the people. On a, a different note, for being, you know, feeling overwhelmed or stressed, uh, there's so much of that in this fast-paced world we have created. So much stress and demand and anxiety. S- such a fast-paced world that it's hard to even keep up with. Yoga is such a great practice for really recentering yourself. Yoga is a practice that doesn't just start and stop on the mat. You're, that's if you're just focusing on the physical practice, which does have its benefits too. Yoga, the physical practice of yoga is great, but you know all the tools that yoga gives you um, to deal with these stressful situations is really amazing, and you take it with you your entire life and use it in the appropriate situations that best that they can best benefit through breathing exercises and meditation and mindfulness practices. There's so many ways to recenter yourself. It's really just a, a mindset shift, not a mindset shift. We have to reconnect with ourselves. We get so caught up and overwhelmed and thrown all over the place with everything that's happening in the world that uh, we forget that we really are the, we control the outside world because the outside world is just based on our inside world. Um, the same thing can happen to two different people and they can react two different ways. Or I guess you can, one can react and one doesn't react. The um, practice of yoga helps us recenter and understand that we aren't our mind. We have our mind and our mind is great. But sometimes if, we, if our mind is producing these thoughts, which is a healthy thing that our brain can do, that tells you that your brain is healthy, it's producing thoughts. But once we attach to these thoughts and think that we are our thoughts, that's when these problems arise. So taking some time to just stop and be present and be mindful and breathe and observe the movements of the mind, which yoga helps us do, can help us understand where these thoughts are coming from and help us know that our thoughts are their own thing. We don't have to 
latch onto a thought and not let go, and then that uh, dictates our reality. We have the power to choose and decline any thoughts that come up, and how we how we use them. A completely different note on you know feeling stressed or overwhelmed and current states of the world or whatever it is. One thing that in very very recent history has really changed my life is exploring the um, just taking time to spend time in nature in natural places and really have an appreciation for the natural beauty of the world there's so many amazing places on this planet that still remain untouched or unchanged by our human ways and being spending time in these places like for example national parks these are such a great place to be to really connect to nature and disconnect from the fast-paced world that uh, we've created. I recently took my first road trip and went through a few national parks and really beautiful places, and it's really changed my entire perspective on the world. You know, being here in uh, Southern California with all the skyscrapers and traffic and so much built up and little left to spare, spending a lot of time in these kinds of environments, you think, wow, is the whole world like this? But you're driving through these wonderful, beautiful, open spaces that are pure and untouched. It's just such a a beautiful thing, which is why I've decided to celebrate my 18th birthday by taking a a big road trip all the way across and around the United States. Amazing. Wow. That sounds like such an adventure. Are you going to document it the, the whole way, I suppose? Yes. Yes. I already have the trip planned. Everything is booked now. We're going through 21 states, um, 11 national parks, uh, nine Lego stores, and we're going to take a step uh, into a step across the Canada border to call it an international road trip. <laughs> Incredible. You mentioned Lego there for the listeners uh, of the podcast. Today is sitting, uh, I think, on a sofa, and behind is a very large castle of Lego. Tell us a little, little bit about your relationship with Lego and like. I'm guessing there's definitely a mental health connection there because uh, I certainly know when I used to build with Lego, I felt like it was a very mindful practice. It really is. Actually, the funny thing is Lego is a form of meditation, really. When you're building Lego, it's not really a thing that you're actively working on to have focus on one thing. Naturally, just building Lego, you uh, start to come to the state of meditation and relaxation and focusing on one thing. Uh, we tend to have our minds all over the place, but uh, building with the brick, you just uh, our mind becomes focused, calm, and clear. It's fun. You get to um, showcase and uh, enjoy the beautiful Lego creations you have made. I mean, right now I'm sitting in a room that's just surround. I'm surrounded by Lego, and it's just a beautiful sight for me. I've been building Lego for as long as I can remember, and it's just my favorite, one of my favorite hobbies. Actually, before I knew anything about yoga, my actually, no, I didn't know about yoga, but my um, fantasy dream job side of yoga uh, is becoming a Lego set designer. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, I love building with Lego and making really cool Lego creations. I mean, I have like a castle behind me, like you said, right behind my computer, there's a, a big Lego uh, Ninjago City. Lego uh, has very strong therapeutic qualities and meditative quality, qualities that really help us be more present. Besides being a fun toy to play with, it's, um, it has, it's a method of being more present. Amazing. Before I let you go, um, I always like to ask my guests this one final question. If you were stuck on a desert island and it was just you and a pig, uh, obviously you don't eat the pig if you know this podcast. And I gave you one vegan dish, one music artist, and one book. What would you take with you today? Okay, let's see. One, uh, one vegan dish. I would choose. Oh, this is a good one. I would choose. Oh, Ashreste. That's a. Uh, it's not by nature. It's not a vegan dish, but I make it really good vegan. It's a Persian soup with um, uh, reshte noodles. So so delicious. It has you know. Uh, like fried onions on top and and uh, sliced garlic. It's really delicious. Uh, the book would be the 
Annual Report of the Smithsonian Institution 1909. Oh, interesting. Interesting choice. Because I actually have, it's the biggest one I have. So there's, it gives me a lot to... Uh, wow, that is a huge book. <laughs> There's a lot to has, uh, What is it? 750-something pages. The general appendix is actually really interesting. It has lots of discoveries of the year. Um, and one music artist. Can I choose two, or do I have to choose one? <laughs> you can have two. <laughs> it's okay, your island. <laughs> uh, perfect. Kurosh Yagme. And uh, uh, this is a coincidence. The other one, his name is Vegan. There are two Persian uh, music artists from uh, Korosh Yakhme was from the 70s. Vegan, I might, I believe, was a little bit before then. But funny enough, uh, they're my favorite, my two favorite uh, music artists. It's funny too, uh, his name being vegan. Spelled differently, but it's pronounced vegan. Oh, that's so funny. You have to send it to us uh, by email so we can we can look it up and, and have a listen. But thank you so much today for joining us on the PBN podcast. Uh, an hour absolutely flew by and um, I'm looking forward to episode two already because there's still lots more I wanted to ask you. Uh, and hopefully we can we can plan that in some point in the future. Can't wait. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. I've been your host, Robbie Lockie, and this is the PBN podcast. We'll be back next time with more food, fashion, animals, veganism and everything in between. Mm-hmm.